Dionisio at the plate, he's over to today. Swakowski, the big right hander, lets it go. It's right down Broadway. Dionisio lets it fly, and it's. Oh, it's raining now. Welcome to another episode of Rain Delay Theater. My name is Jack Swakowski. And I'm Jeremy Dionisio. Well, we're going to do a little mini-sode for you this week. The main focus of today's episode is going to be on favorite players from our childhood, both from our favorite teams and from around the major leagues. But before we get to that, we were going to get to a few other things first. Well, Jack, I got to say something. What? There's been a, there's a dark cloud hanging over this podcast. And, and what is that? Well, it's something that's been hanging over this podcast since since the onset. It's uh, a, a it's a dark, bad vibe mojo sort of thing going on. Uh huh. And it is this bet that hangs in the air. <laughs> it's hanging in the air. And what it is is a couple months ago, um, I had a friend who went who uh, took a trip to uh, Vegas. Okay. And uh, in okay, I'll I'll say this in 2016. I um, had a friend who was in Vegas, and I had him put forty dollars on the Cubs to win the World Series. I'm mm-hmm. a big spender, forty bucks, mm-hmm. and uh, it came 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 through. My 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 bet my bet hit, um, and I also so I bet the Cubs to win the World Series. I also bet um, I picked like just like a fun bet, like a team, an American League team to win the uh, pennant. All right, so I picked the Twins that year or whatever, and it was like a hundred and one, a hundred to one odds or whatever. So I picked, I picked the the Twins. So this year, I had a friend out there, figured I'd do another bet, right? So I, I gave my friend uh, like fifty bucks or whatever. I'm like, okay, put like uh, twenty five. <laughs> I shouldn't be telling these numbers because they're kind of silly, but um, I had him put some money on the Cubs to win the World Series. So it's cool, whatever. You get bad odds, but I was just doing it for the fun of it. So I'm like, I was like, I. You know, I did my research. We're, we're knowledgeable baseball people. I did my research. I was looking at the list of, of teams and odds, and I was weighing, like, you know, what te- what odds are good, who has the best shot of amongst, like, you know, somewhat long shots, mm-hmm. you know, to win so I could, you know, make it count. And I, I looked at the Seattle Mariners, and I'm like, Seattle Mariners, like, they, you know, they could, if they have, if something goes right, if all things go right, they, you know, it's worth a shot. I think... I can't remember the exact odds. I, I was looking I was looking to try to see because they update the odds during the season, so it's hard to find what they were at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking I, I saw something like twenty like forty to one odds. Okay. Okay. So that's pretty good. Like that's a that's a good bet yeah. to make. Like and you know, the Mariners are like somewhat worth it. Um so my buddy who will remain nameless, uh, it doesn't matter because he doesn't listen to this podcast anyway, but uh-huh. he went out and he made a couple bets for me and I texted him, I'm like, all right, I want uh you know, this much on the Cubs and throw this much on the Mariners uh, to win the World Series. And uh, he sends me a picture of the betting slips and he's like, boom, got him or something. And I'm looking at the betting slips and I like enlarge the picture and I see the Cubs to win the World Series, whatever. Like, cool. I enlarge the other one. And he had bet on the Marlins. Oh. <laughs> not, oh. not the Mariners. Uh-huh. The f- fucking Marlins. He screwed up the bet. He screwed up the bet. And it's because he's not a baseball fan. He, did, he, he didn't know. And so the Marlins are... I'm going to win like $12,000 if they win the World Series. But you know what? They're not going to win the World Series. There's no way that they would win the World Series. So I just like pissed away money, basically. And not... Okay, and so... You know, and I kind of tried to laugh about it because this is a friend who I, if I would, if I gave him crap over it, he would like give me bigger crap over it. So I was like, all right, I'm not going to like make a big deal about it, but this guy should be like 
rake through the coals, like over the coals over this. Yeah. But it's, it's you know, beyond a, a faux pas. But like, so, um, but at the beginning of the season, I was like, okay, the Mariners are off to a bad start. Um, I'm not sweating this, this deal. It, like, you know, it's just, I lost like some money. It's funny, whatever. It wasn't enough to get upset about. Um, but now the Mariners are freaking kicking ass. Yeah, and at 40 to 1 odds, it seems like you might have won some money if they would have won the pennant. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, like, I can't remember. Now I don't remember if I, I have to look at the slip. If I told them to bet them to win the pennant, because usually I didn't want to bet against the Cubs, like, like have to root against them if somehow the Cubs were playing the Mariners in the World Series. But, uh-huh. but like, yeah, it was, it was good odds. And, like, the Mariners are friggin' looking good now. Yeah. And, like, I, I mean, I'm glad that I was able to prognosticate that. But I'm going to lose. I stand to lose money. Like, if they win the World Series, I'm going to flip. That's all. <laughs> so, I had to get that off my chest. There's been a dark cloud looming over this podcast, and I had to finally say it. I had to, I had to get, get it off my chest. Well, funnily enough, though, the uh, Marlins are actually doing a little better than, than expected. I mean, it... You know, if the Marlins could somehow go on the miraculous... Or they're probably already eliminated, mm-hmm. but they're mathematically eliminated but if they could go on a run and i could win that like five figures uh you know i don't know uh drinks all around on me i guess but yeah not gonna happen well i was actually uh there's been a dark cloud over my head for the last week because i forgot to mention something uh that happened to us during the uh, kane county game that we went to last week yeah we were trying to come up with the top five reasons that people were not there to see or where people were there uh, besides Royce Lewis. Exactly. And uh, we totally forgot to mention the Cougar Train. Oh, God, the Cougar yeah, Train. Yeah, we didn't mention the Cougar Train. Oh, that Cougar Train. Yeah, so what it was was we were uh, we parked, a, a, for a minor league stadium anyway, we were parked a pretty good deal away from the ballpark, you know, yeah. probably about 300 yards or so. Yeah. So, uh, you know, once we uh, we walked about 100 yards toward the stadium, then there was this, this long, like, uh, uh, I don't know. How, how would it's, you describe it, Jeremy? Well, it's like if you ever go to the zoo. Like, they have them the at zoo. zoos. Yeah, yeah. I was, it seemed like a zoo train, only it was being driven yeah. instead of uh, instead of on on tracks. Yeah. And, and so, uh, so, so this thing is just sitting there. And so sometimes Jeremy and I will do things, uh, you know, in the interest <laughs> of the podcast for yeah. a good story. <laughs> yeah. So without even saying it to each other, we just looked at each other and yeah. were like, we're going to get on this thing yeah. or whatever. And so this was not <laughs> a train that uh, Mussolini would have approved of. This was not... Well, this train was not running on time we sat in this thing for about a minute it didn't seem like it had any intention of going anywhere no, no. i think they were waiting for it to fill up uh yeah. and so we were just like let's bail and yeah. so we walked you know the remaining 200 yeah. yards yeah to we the, jogged it yeah because we had already because remember we had already we were already, already missing the game yes yeah so. yeah so we uh, we definitely forgot to mention the cougar train. Oh, um, the cougar train. Yeah. yeah, and and it was mostly just like kids on there. These little kids whose legs can't make it that far. So I, they yeah, need I, the cougar train. I guess so. So yeah, that was the that was the cougar train. We forgot to mention yeah. that one. I knew. I, I kind of knew the second we were stepping in. I'm like, this is not going to work out for for two guys who are trying to get to the game to you know desperately see Royce Lewis's first at bat. Um, right. So yeah, we were just we were on there and like I was just like. Eh, okay, I'm looking around here. Yeah. Okay, okay, and it's like, all right, let's go, let's get yeah. out of here. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. So Jeremy went to the uh, Cubs game. Uh, yet was it? It was yesterday, right? It was the the makeup game, the first game. Of yeah. The well, letter. ultimately, yeah, these things happened Monday night. Uh, uh-huh. While before, like during the three hours, I was sitting there, sure, uh, waiting for the game. So yeah, I had tickets with my dad actually um, for Monday night's game uh, at Dodgers at Cubs, and uh, as y'all know, um, there was a three hour rain delay. 
uh, and the game eventually was was postponed until Tuesday. Um, but in that three, a lot, so person can get a lot done in those three hours. Mm. And um, so I had a couple of things that I wanted to share. Normally, um, we we haven't really shared too much from from games that we've gone to solo, uh, not for the podcast. But there were three things that I just felt were worth mentioning. Um, number one is uh, it was a bobblehead night. It was Jason Hayward bobblehead night. And um, oh, it was a Hayward. Yeah, I didn't actually ask you what bobblehead. Yeah, was. it was actually it's a really cool bobblehead. Uh, it's like him jumping into the wall, and he's actually his feet are off the ground, so he's like. It's, he's like mounted into the ivy or whatever. It's pretty cool. Um, so we were um, uh, we were hanging out by the uh, entrance or whatever. Um, I'm not going to allude into any sort of shenanigans that might have been going on pertaining to said bobbleheads, but uh, me and my dad had had a couple bobbleheads, right? Uh-huh. Um, and um, uh, the bobbleheads, the, the secondary market for a Cubs bobblehead is pretty darn good. Like you can pay for your ticket and then some if you sell the bobbleheads and bless my dad he doesn't like to uh, he he doesn't keep his bobblehead so he gives it to me so i have always have at least one to sell um, it's so lucrative in fact that it's worth paying someone a couple bucks for their bobblehead if if you can if you can spot a person like you, you want to spot like a, a a pair of girls in their 20s who are like you know, have beers in their hands and like they look similar to Paris Hilton or something. Mm-hmm. And they're probably not collecting bobbleheads. Right. So you could probably throw them like 10 bucks, maybe 20 bucks for a bobblehead and then turn around and sell it for like 60. That's what, okay. uh, that's what Mr. Chris Bryant Bobbleyhead was uh, trying to do. He was, yeah, sadly for enough. sure. Yeah. yeah. And maybe if he met his future wife in the process, he would have been happy. But, <laughs> um, so, so yeah, that's kind of who you target to, to try to buy a bobblehead from someone. Yeah. But actually, there was a lot of Dodgers fans there, so I'm thinking, okay, Dodgers fans probably would, would be fine selling it as well. Um, so I just asked. Some, there was like a security guard, like in the stand, like in the crowd, like kind of in the on the concourse, like looking for, like just I don't know, just checking, like I don't know what he was watching for, shenanigans or something. And I just had two people passed by, and I said, I like leaned over, I'm like, hey, you wouldn't want to sell your bobblehead, would you? And they, the, the guy was an asshole. He's like, I said, he's like, how much? And I said, uh, 20 bucks. And he's like, did you say 50? And, and then he, he just kept, I'm like, nah. And he uh, just, we just, we just parted ways. Uh-huh. But then this, this security guard who came up to us, who actually, interestingly enough, looked like Jesse Plemons a little bit from uh, Friday Night Lights yeah, and Fargo okay. and et cetera. Yeah. He came up to me and he leans into me. He's a tall dude. He leaned into me and he's like, sir, you can't sell bobbleheads. <laughs> and like he didn't say like sir you can't be selling bobbleheads or you can't be buying bobbleheads he just yeah. he said sir you can't sell bobbleheads uh-huh. as if like it's like sir you can't walk on the moon sir you uh-huh. can't float in the air like yeah. he was like sir you can't sell bobbleheads <laughs> so so <laughs> so it's fun it's fun to it's fun to be me because i think people th- look at me and think they could say stuff to me and like yeah. and and get away with it and for the most part they can't i'm not going to do anything yeah but this guy was walking away from me and i turned around and i said oh well there's a lot of people selling them so we, we better get on that uh-huh. and then he kind of he was he was already walking away and so he stopped and he turned back to me and he's like what was that sir and i'm like i said there's a lot of people around here doing the same thing so we better we better stop them yeah and he's like that's what i'm doing sir that's why i'm telling you and so i'm like all right whatever so uh-huh. i just walked away but i wanted to mention that guy so you can't sell bobbleheads, guy. 
oh, yeah. Okay, so that that kind of blows my mind because yeah. there's no. I mean, there's no rule against trying to sell the giveaway you got at a game. No, is I mean, there? no. It's a free country. Like I don't like. I, I don't know what 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 the precedent is. I, I if I you know if I cared more, maybe I should have for the podcast pressed him on it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, saw like like try to see what his deal was. But. I mean, they've all but uh, so when I was well when we were both kids, uh, you yeah. know, when you wanted to get tickets to a game you didn't have tickets to that was so loud or a tough ticket, you know, you would have to buy uh, tickets from a scalper yep. outside of the stadium. That's what my dad always, he, he hated scalpers, but he would always try to get the best deal buying a ticket. And yeah. I, it always drove me nuts because I, I like, I just, you know, I would see him turn down so many offers for uh, seats okay. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But so, you know, major league teams in pretty much all sports at this point have sort of put a stop to that. Yeah, you yeah. really don't see people selling tickets outside of the stadiums anymore. Yeah, exactly. But but the the giveaway though, like you, yeah. should, you should be able to sell that if you want to. It, yeah. It, so that blows my well did you get did you get any uh, any other Hayward bobbleheads? Did you end up as with it, any? As it turns out there was a group of like 20 kids sitting behind us. Yeah. And uh, they were uh, an irascible group. They were they were wild and and woolly, and uh, they certainly didn't seem like they wanted their bobbleheads. So they and they left about an hour and a half into the rain delay. Yeah. And uh, my dad just caught one, like grabbed him. Like I actually wanted to go up to these kids. and I wanted to be like, all right, who wants to make twenty bucks? Yeah. And they went me 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 like yeah. uh-huh. you know. And so my dad was like, hey, do anyone want to sell a bobblehead? And like some kids like, I'll do it. Like right away, he like yeah. jumped at it. And then like other kids were like, I'll sell I'll sell mine too. I'll sell mine too. And we're like. We'll just take one extra. Like, sure. I probably could have bought like ten of them and then sold them. I, you know, a more industrious man would have like done that and then made like four grand or something <laughs> yeah. on Jason Hayward bobbleheads. Uh huh. But um, we 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 got one extra, so um, I'm happy to say that uh, uh, that that bobblehead is now on its way to like Brooklyn, New York, or something. So all right. I sold all I sold all my extras. Uh huh. Um. So yeah. So that's that guy. Um. Another thing was uh, I tweeted about this um from the account um. At one point during the game, they rolled the um, the tarp over uh, onto like right field. It was basically covering all of right field, and um, that's and it was in direct path between the Dodgers dugout and the Dodgers bullpen, right? So then when they like took the tarp off and it looked like they might start playing, um, Yasmani Grandal and like maybe the bullpen coach were walking out to the bullpen, um, and uh, they were trying to take a straight line to the bullpen, but the huge tarp was there. And Grandal starts walking onto the tarp. Yeah. And he got about, I don't know, 10, 15 feet deep into the tarp. And the the grounds crew who were at the time like watering down, the, like hosing down the, the dirt, the infield dirt, like the head's ground crew guy must have yelled to Grandal. And he's like, I think he's like, hey, get off the tarp. Yeah. Like, because the idiot's walking on it well, with like cleats. Yeah, they put holes in the tarp. Yeah, he's putting holes in the tarp. And yeah. so like he had to like <laughs> yell... And so yeah, his Manny Grandel got yelled at by the Cubs grounds crew, and um, he he stopped, and then he like pointed at like a security guard who was standing on it also, uh-huh. as as if like his body language was as if like hey that guy's doing it yeah and uh, or like I saw that guy so I thought it was okay and yeah. then he like had to come back off and then walk around the tarp or whatever it was pretty funny and. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I For don't know some reason, it doesn't was. surprise me that like that happened to Yasmani yeah, Grandal. Exactly. Yeah, the guy who looks like Riff Raff, the rapper. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, it was. It's funny that it was him. And actually, I tweeted about it, and a couple of guys, um, like uh, one guy, like tagged a couple of his friends on it. So I like to think that they were in the, the stands too, uh-huh. and saw that, and like searched on Twitter because I searched on Twitter and no one like mentioned it. Yeah. Um, 
So, uh, yeah, so, I, you know, hopefully we brought some clarity to those guys. So that's cool. Right. Another thing that's funny that happened was they were showing the Brewers-Pirates game on yeah. the big screen. Oh, nice. And uh, it was storming in the area of Chicago. So um, at one point they lost signal. And, like, for any direct TV customers out there, when you get that signal lost like pop up on the screen how annoying it is it popped up very instantly on the cubs big screen yeah it was really funny and they yeah. switched it off really quick but the crowd kind of like did a little like uh you know a little uh uproar or whatever at it it was pretty funny right um so that that was that was funny that even the cubs are susceptible to DirecTV's bad service mm-hmm. um that's so there was that and then the the last thing i was gonna say is that um jack i scared cody ballinger you scared him? I scared Cody Bellinger. How? Well, he, he might have been scared because he ran away from me. So Okay, well, I, I, I did say that on my baseball bucket list was to make a player laugh. Yeah. I hadn't considered scaring a player. Yeah, yeah. You know, so Jeremy, people think that they can say shit to you, but you managed to scare <laughs> Cody Bellinger. Yeah. How, how did you do it? Scared a rookie of the year. Uh-huh. Um, no, so what happened was um, the timing of everything was, was interesting because they called the game. I was over in the right field corners, like, charging my phone because there's a charging station over there, which isn't really a charging station. It's just outlets, uh-huh. so you need your own cord. Yeah. Just a, that's an that's a inside tip for you. So um, they called the game, and we're kind of, like, milling about the right field corner, which is where the visitors' buses are. Mm. And the players have to walk through the concourse to get to the, the bus. And I don't – it was – I mean, I guess there's no time that they could have left, but they were leaving while fans were still, before they could kick everyone out. Um, so um, we're standing there, we're milling about. My dad is, like, going to head to the bathroom or something, like, uh, before we leave. And um, I see Oral Hirschheiser walk by. Oh, yeah. And so I'm like, oh, cool, Oral Hirschheiser. And then I see, like, a group of guys who are players walk by. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, there's Austin Barnes. There's, uh, you know, I saw, I was, like, spying these people. I'm like, oh, shoot, they're coming. They're all coming out. Yeah. Or whatever. And so I didn't have anything on me. I had my scorecard and a pen, uh, an ink pen yeah. and uh, in my hand. And uh, I saw this group of players. I'm like, whoa, oh, some, you know, I got to get someone. And then, like, kind of before I could even register it, like, Cody Ballinger walked by. And he passed me. And I turn around. And I'm like, Cody. Cody, can I get an autograph? And like he heard me, and he just started like speed walking what? <laughs> to the to the like it was he like I was directly I was like behind him behind his left shoulder, and he was like you know a little ahead of me, but I started walking towards him. I'm like Cody, Cody, can I get an autograph? And when he heard that, he just kind of like he sped he like sped up <laughs> like like a nervous person being followed down the street yeah. uh, by a creep and towards uh-huh. the, the bus and you know he and I took a step further and I realized what was going on and I was like eh, okay. Uh-huh. And I let him, let him go. But, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I spooked him. He got. I think he was scared. Well, well hey, you know, uh, you also did say that he had regression written all over him uh, when I talked to you about him earlier That's this right. year. So, yeah. I mean, you know, maybe that was karma. Uh, <laughs> yeah yeah that's fair that's fair so one thing we wanted to do was uh jeremy there was a listener that we wanted to shout out yeah yeah i hope that they made it this far into the podcast but uh and i don't want to i don't want to put anyone on the spot we we we're actually it's it's very cool to to check our like uh stats and hear and see all the listeners um you know there's someone from like ashburn virginia or something and there's someone from like i think we mentioned someone from I- iowa and like um yeah it's really cool and it's cool to see people like when we do a podcast of a certain team like people from that area will like listen or whatever mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. i gotta say there's been a, a repeat listener from mountain view california hmm. that i wanted to that i wanted to shout out because um i don't know i can only imagine some honcho at google at the googleplex <laughs> firing up the old rain delay theater and being like hey, this is my 
feed, feed uh, this is like my uh, you know uh, baseball outlet. I, I like to get my baseball knowledge from these two guys. So yeah, I sure. don't know. I don't know who this person is. Um, if you're out there, drop us a line at rain delay pod at gmail.com or tweet at us or whatever. Um, uh, we'd love to hear from you. But if you also want to remain uh, anonymous, that's fine too. We don't want to. We don't want to put you on the spot. But uh, you know, the heart of Silicon Valley is listening to uh, to the Rain Delay Theater. I love it. I love it. And you know, that goes for everybody. All of our listeners. Uh, you know, everybody out there. If you guys want to drop us a line, uh, let us know what you want to hear about. Uh, yeah, you know, sure. we'll, we're going to talk about it. Yeah, so absolutely. One th- one more thing we wanted to talk about before we get into our favorite childhood players was we wanted to have a brief discussion about the NL uh, Rookie of the Year race. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Like so. Okay. At this point now, with Otani going on the DL, mm-hmm. Glaber Torres is like the American League Rookie of the Year right. right now. And even if Otani wasn't, it's actually a shame because it would have been an interesting like debate the rest of the year to see who who's going for who. Although I could see, I could I could have seen Glaber like firing past Otani anyway. Mm-hmm. But the NL Rookie of the Year is a little more clouded, um, and so like I wanted to just yeah, I wanted to hear what your thoughts were, who you think uh, National League Rookie of the Year is at this moment. Well, I haven't looked at his stats in a couple of days, but I did see that Brian Anderson of the uh, Miami Marlins was hitting I think three oh seven when yeah. I looked at it a couple of days yeah. ago. Yeah, Brian Anderson is like one of those sneaky guys that like no one was talking about uh, leading into the season. I I saw his baseball card and I looked at his like double or triple A, I don't know what, what league he was in last year, but he had like 20-something homers in the minors and, and like batting over 300, I yeah. think. And so like I'm like, these are good numbers. Like this guy warrants talk. Yeah. And like I knew he was going to get playing time in, in Miami. So like I, I like Brian Anderson a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to see him keep going. He's He moved from third base uh, to the outfield when uh, Prado came back off the DL. Mm-hmm. So um, he's shown some versatility. Like I like him. I think he would be good. Um, I, I personally am, I'm like kind of rooting for Austin Meadows Okay, a little yeah, bit. Meadows yeah. has had really good numbers. I think he's hitting, I think he's hitting over 300 maybe, mm-hmm. um, somewhere near there, but he's got like five homers uh, so far, five or six homers. And you know, that's been, uh, he was called up like, I think in May or something. So, um, you know, he's, he's, he's putting up some good numbers. I would say if, if the money, if, if, if I had a guess right now, I'm going to guess it's probably Juan Soto. What is he, is he 19 years old? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. There was a stat about Juan Soto the other day. He hit a, So yesterday, uh, the Yankees finished a makeup game, like a postponed game, um, and he hit a homer in the makeup portion of it, but the game started before he was called up to the majors. Oh. So he hit a homer in a game that started before he debuted. That's crazy. Pretty interesting, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. They, uh-huh. they made a Topps Now card of it. And, nice. Uh, um, but yeah, so I don't know. I think he's like the most high-profile rookie mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. um, but because of the age and because of the, of the Nationals like being in contention. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if he took it, but mm-hmm. um, it's kind of – it's not a clear like race. Like guys like, like Ozzy Albies. Albies would have been a shoe-in, but he, he exceeded uh, rookie eligibility last year. Um, and then uh, Acuna – probably would have been the front runner but he's he's on the shelf so you know i don't know maybe acuna can come back and blow it up the last couple months of the season but uh yeah it'll be an interesting race for the for the rest of the season i think yeah yeah um i i agree as far as pitchers uh is walker bueller a rookie his numbers look um great. he is i think he's on the dl right now is as, the as okay. is the rest of the dodgers uh rotation because i guess they can't seem to get any pitchers healthy no but, no yeah 
Um, all right, so let's uh, let's get into our uh, favorite uh, players from childhood. Um, yeah. You know, I think one of the great things about being a baseball fan uh, as a kid is that, you know, you realize that when you're an adult, the players, they'll never seem quite as uh, legendary or as big as they did when you were a kid. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, my, my perfect example of that is uh, Rob Deere. Uh-huh. I saw Rob Deere hit a home run. Uh, if, if people remember watching White Sox games on uh, Sports Vision. Yeah. Um, when they would hit home, I think he was on the Tigers at the time. Um, uh, maybe it was the Brewers, but when you'd hit, when they'd hit a homer deep into the like a moonshot, mm-hmm. the the camera would tilt up really quick, and like you'd get a a, a trail of lights from the light bank because mm-hmm. of the way the cameras were, and like. I remember seeing him hit a moonshot and thinking like he was the most powerful man in the world. Yeah, and like maybe the best home run hitter ever. Or something. <laughs> but yeah, guys. Yeah, players as kids like, um, yeah, they seem yeah they're you you catch one good thing that they do and like they could change your they could make you a fan for your whole childhood. Yeah, basically. A- absolutely. Um, so so should we go with my three brewers first? Should we yeah. do that? Do you want so, to lead off with those? Yeah. So Jack's gonna do his top three brewers growing up because I was his team uh, uh, as a kid and still is, and uh, I'm gonna go with three Cubs. And then we're gonna go three non home hometown players. Yeah. Now, uh, I gave Jeremy my list of these guys before we actually uh, we're gonna talk about them. And uh, yeah. you know, to, to Jeremy, uh, they probably seem kind of obscure. <laughs> but the reason for that is that you know, so I grew up. Um, I started following baseball when I was about eight years old. Like really starting to know, started knowing the difference between players, sure. which was about 1994. So this was post Molitor, yeah. post Yount. Uh, starting the dark ages for the <laughs> Brewers. Right. So there was slim pickings as far sure. as guys to like. Yeah. Or, you know, sometimes I liked guys for rather uh, obscure reasons. Well, the right. first one uh, was actually a very good brewer in the 90s. That was Greg Vaughn. Yeah. Uh, so when I was four years old, um, I actually don't remember this, but uh, apparently it did happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my I used to have a my grandpa used to live in uh, Arizona, um, and so you know we would go down there for spring training uh, every year. We would go down there during spring break, and uh, one year we were there, and Greg Vaughn uh, saw me standing by the fence with my da- mom and dad, and uh, apparently he asked uh, uh, like, can, can he catch? Um, and, uh, you know, I think my dad said, yeah, or whatever. So Greg Vaughn threw said, me a ball over the fence. When he I was said, like, just, just not t-shirts. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, no, no. Uh, well deserved. Well played. <laughs> uh, so yeah, apparently Greg Vaughn threw me a ball. I think maybe we still have it, but I know we still had it when I was, you know, uh, in my early teens. Okay, but anyway, cool, cool. so, uh, so Greg Vaughn, uh, I really liked him. He was probably the best Brewers power hitter in the mid nineties. I remember yeah. he had like a pigeon toed stance, okay, uh, which yeah. was cool. He wore really gaudy <laughs> batting gloves. Yeah. But uh, so he was. So I was actually looking at this before you came over. Okay. So he was uh, traded in on July thirty first of nineteen ninety six. At the time he was traded, I think he had like thirty one homers and ninety five RBIs wow. on July thirty first. That's crazy for a Brewers team that was. 52 and 55 they finished 82 and 80 so the reason they traded Vaughn was because uh he was going to be a free agent at the end of the season and they weren't going to be able to resign him because they were just committed to being horrible yeah um but they were actually like they were still in it they were a good week away from uh from going over 500 and actually the the wild card team that year I looked up was the Orioles who only won 88 games so the Brewers only won eight fewer games than the team that got in the wild card you know and that was after they traded their absolute best slugger so here's the real kicker though Uh so they traded Vaughn to the Padres okay in return they got Mark Newfield Bryce Flory and Ron Vallone whoa yeah thanks a lot Sal Bando 
Oh, man. Uh, that is, I mean, uh, so I understand that, you know, Vaughn was, uh, you know, just going to be a two-month rental for the Padres. He did end up re-signing with them and had some really good seasons with them. But, you know, so just for a two-month rental, I understand you're not going to get, like, you know, uh, uh, the to- Glavar Torres. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, you know, you got to do better than that. Well, Mark Newfield was supposed to be, like, a big deal, I think. Yeah. I mean, he was, you know, he yeah. was a bust. But uh, he like, was, yeah. I think, I think he, at some point, I think he was believed to be, like, a big deal. If I remember correctly, he, I could be completely wrong. No, nah, he, he might have been. And he was hitting, like, he was hitting 251 with the Padres that year as, like, a fourth outfielder. Oh, well, um, so he was up, huh? He was, yeah, he was up. So I, I remember um, huh. uh, in 97, the year after they got him, I remember watching a game on TV where he hit a walk-off home run. And I think it was Matt Vescarjan who said, Mark Newfield parks one into the dark, or something like that. <laughs> uh, it was... It, they were dark times for the Brewers yeah. uh, when I'm remembering something like that. But Yikes. so that was Greg Vaughn. Um, yeah. uh, you know, so that that was kind of the most remarkable thing for me is that they got such a horrible return on that trade. So I really like Vaughn. I also really like John Jaha. Yeah. He was he, now he was my absolute favorite Brewer uh, when I was a kid. When you asked me who my favorite Brewer was, it's uh, John Jaha. Um, uh, I was kind of mesmerized by first baseman when I was a kid, but I, my first memory of seeing a home run at a live game was seeing John Jaha hit one to the opposite field. He hit one to right field, the county stadium. Nice. Uh, I, I guess he, he had very good opposite field power. Um, but he was a guy who was just sort of derailed by injuries um, yeah. throughout his career. He had one really good season with the Brewers. I think it was maybe 95 or 96 where he hit 34 homers. He got, oh yeah, so he got hurt in 97, 98. Then he signed with the A's in 99. And he had like a really good season with them, and okay. then he just got hurt again. Um, so he seems like he he had all the earmarks of a, an obvious steroid user. Sure, yeah. Um, I was gonna I was gonna say like like picking a favorite player around that time was was a super dicey. Uh, yes like notion yeah. oh yeah yeah um i mean yeah big burly guy who was always uh, hit for a lot of power when he wasn't uh derailed by some sort of injury and his injuries were all over his body i think he tore an achilles uh he had a shoulder injury he like ripped his something else in his leg so yeah he was he was constantly uh on the dl he went on the dl nine times in his career i think Jeez. but uh yeah he was uh he was my favorite and uh, favorite brewer um when i was a kid and lastly uh i really liked fernando vina yeah. um now he was a solid Vini was a solid player yeah uh, I mostly liked him though because of his haircut I thought he had a really cool haircut. Did he have like kind of like a flip thing, like kind of like a? Yes. So yeah. he was he was like wearing that look before it became cool. Yeah. Sort before of. Before like Justin Timberlake had it or something. I don't yeah. Know. I don't yeah. Know fam- you know, made it famous, but yeah. Yeah. I, like I wanted to have my haircut like that, and I yeah. asked I asked my mom if I could if I could get a haircut like him. Now yeah. I don't think I understood at the time that like people have different kinds of hair. Yeah. And, like right. I wasn't. I had like really thin. My my hair was like thinner back then, uh, okay. like blonde hair, and yeah. it wasn't gonna look like Fernando Vina's. Yeah, right. But you know that's not something you go to the the, the barber and you're like, hey, give me the Fernando Vina, <laughs> you know. That, I'm the, yeah, I'm not I mean, gonna know what you're talking about. It <laughs> would have been a nice legacy for him. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, I was looking at his stats on Baseball Reference uh, before you got here, and yeah. uh, he, uh, you know, he actually did have some good seasons. When he played every day, he usually hit between 280 and 310. Not a lot of power, but he also played a good second base. So I also remember uh, the Brewers used to have autograph days um, okay. at County Stadium, and so okay. you could come an hour before the game and, you know, stand in line. A guy would be signing an autograph. I got Vini's autograph. I always remember he was like, he had a sucker in his mouth when he was signing oh. the autograph. Okay. Just one of those obscure things. Also, he he was only five nine, so he was a little. He was a little guy who yeah. uh, who who made it in the game. So yeah. yeah, for guys like us, that's someone we can relate to. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, my only remember, like, 
so I don't have too many. I've I've no real connections with John Jaha except mm-hmm. for like remembering his baseball card. Um, I remember like Greg Vaughn kind of seemingly. He seemed kind of like a in the same vein of like uh, Gary Sheffield a little sure. bit. Like yeah. he seemed almost like all right, uh, we don't have that Sheffield guy, but here's Greg Vaughn. Here yep. you go. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and then uh, Vina. I remember Vina. Like actually, uh, he was a Cubs killer. Uh, yeah. I think. Um, on the uh, Cardinals. Yeah, he had some good years with the Cardinals, yeah. Um, but I remember Vina um, was... The, one of the things when you mentioned that name that jumps out to me is um, there was that... Like, it wasn't even a collision, but it was like Albert Bell, like, clotheslined Vina. Like, he was like... It wasn't even... It was like one of those... Like, it wasn't even a double play. It was like um, a chopper up the middle and Bell was running from first to second and he like... Like, uh, Vina was just going to tag him. Because the ball like went in his path, and and Bell just like put his arms out like a friggin' like lineman, and just like 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 leveled. He like spun Vina in, like in a circle, like in in midair. Jesus, like a complete asshole, like of asshole moves. Uh-huh. Like, and like Vina got up and he was like, "What the fuck was that?" Like yeah. he was just like looking like. Like what the hell? Yeah. And like, um, you know, I think Bell might have got thrown out of the game or something. Uh-huh. I don't even know if he got thrown out, but like, Vina took it pretty well. Like he yeah. got right back up and, mm-hmm. and everything. And it was like the most, you know, it was a. That's like the play when they talk about Albert Bell being a friggin' jackass. Like that's one of the plays that they show. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. And the Brewers had some tough guys on those uh, '90s teams. I mean, Vina obviously had some guts, but Mike Matheny got hit in the uh, uh, oh, yeah. face with a ball. He spit his teeth out and got back in the box. Yeah. Uh, but um, just don't uh, don't go and visit partners with him on a strip mall. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, but he can take he can take a uh, yeah fastball to the face for sure. Uh, uh, so Jeremy, you had uh, your favorite Cubs. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna you know, and I'm going chalk here, kind of uh-huh. maybe with like my with my baseball, you know, uh, with like uh, my baseball movies list or whatever. But uh, you know, um, growing up in the late '80s and uh, early '90s as a Cubs fan, I mean, there were a lot of there was there, the team was horrible. I don't know, you know, go figure. They had these great players on the team, but the team like it was absolute dog crap. Um, but um, yeah, so you know, it's a, it's a big standout for me. Um, Mark Grace was, uh, you know, like just it was cool to see. Like I remember him coming up because I remember like uh, I think he came up in '88. Um, 88 or 89, and uh, Leon Durham was playing first base at the time. And I remember when they called Grace up. I remember even hearing about Grace a little bit. I was probably, I was like seven years old or something, but I remember hearing about him coming up. And uh, when he came up, like, you know, it was like a big deal. And like, he was just a natural hitter. Like, it was, it was easy to fall in love with him. He was just like, he, he was just an efficient hitter who like got, you know, tons of doubles and like had a hit for a good average, had a great glove at first base. Um, <clears throat> my grandmother had a huge crush on Mark Grace and uh, I went, went to a card show in like 1993 or something and Mark Grace and Frank Thomas were signing and, uh, I got, I waited in line and I got Mark Grace's autograph and I told him like, my grandmother thinks you're handsome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, Oh, thank you very much or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know. It would go on like, and I was happy for him when he won the World Series with the with the D backs. He would go on to have some uh, driving issues uh, right. that you know have maybe taunted, like, tainted his career a little bit. But uh, he was uh, definitely a favorite growing up. Um, Ryan Sandberg, you know, again, just like the cool, like just like likable guy. W- wasn't like a huge personality, but um, uh, just a solid like good guy. Like who who uh, you know was great great player. Um, and, uh, just was super humble. I mean, people, the, the knock on him was that people thought he was boring. 
mm-hmm. because he just didn't do anything. Um, but you know, he was awesome growing up. I like wanted to get like a Ryan Sandberg baseball glove, but he was a righty and I was a lefty, and uh, I couldn't play second base. I wanted to play second base because of Ryan Sandberg, and I couldn't because I'm because I'm a lefty. Mm-hmm. And uh, one my one of my little league little league coaches let me play second base for for one inning, um, but like you know you don't you don't see a lot of left handed second basemen out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my all time favorite uh, was Andre Dawson for sure. I don't know if I mentioned it on the podcast before, but uh, Dawson was the man. Yeah, he, he was awesome. Um, uh, yeah, I just I, I just like he like I remember having these videotapes of uh, of like uh, I had a videotape of Andre Dawson um, and uh, just an hour special about like his 1987 MVP season and like there are like clips where like he like. There was like a ground ball like to shallow right field and he was charging and he fired in and threw the guy out at first base. Mm. Like in my mind, that was like the coolest thing ever. Yeah. And like only Dawson could do that. And then one of the things, Jack, we talked about this leaving the, the Beloit Snappers game or the um, uh, King County Cougars game. But my my biggest Dawson memory is like the footage of him uh, getting hit in the face by Eric Show. Uh, for a uh, pitcher for the San Diego Padres, he yeah. took one right in the face and was down on the ground, like collapsed, and it looked like, you know, he was like he was writhing, um, <clears throat> and you could see like blood and stuff. And Rick Sutcliffe came out of the the dugout and like went after Eric Show, and like Show was like running off the field away from him, and like Sutcliffe was going after him, and there was like a benches cleared and everything, and then Dawson was on the ground and like people still didn't know if he was okay, and then all of a sudden Dawson just like gathers himself up, gets up, and just goes after Eric Show. And Show had to like run off the field, and like Dawson was trying to get to him, and like he was just, he was just insane, like out of his mind, like you know, probably in a ton of pain, and just trying to kill Eric Show. And they had to take like the the catcher, like one of the coaches, took Eric Show and just went into the Padres clubhouse, and they were trying to hold back Dawson. And it was like, as a little kid seeing that, it's like, oh my god, this is amazing. This guy is the coolest. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, you know, to to bring it back to that uh, throwing right fielder throwing a guy out at first yeah. base. Does the outfielder get an assist on that, or is yeah. it just a put out? I think. That, well, I guess. I mean, technically, when there's a ground, when there's like a four three ground out, yeah. that I think the second baseman gets an assist, don't they? Sure. I, I mean, so like, it, but it, like an, an like an outfield an assist. Outfield yeah. assist. Yeah. I you know I think that I would say that that probably does count as an outfield assist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I you know I, yeah I mean I certainly I think it's happened before. I think I've seen yeah. like, things here and there, but like yeah, that was the first time I ever saw that, and like it's like this guy is Superman. You know, yeah. He's awesome. Maybe we can ask Billy Butler. I'm sure it's happened to him enough oh, times. Probably. Um, so yeah, you actually mentioned with uh, Sandberg that uh, you know you couldn't play second base because yeah. you were left-handed. Yeah. Uh, so I, you know, Rizzo has uh, gotten credit for playing second base a couple of times. You know, when they do the bunt oh, thing. Yeah. Um, so I actually that got me to last year. Got me down a little rabbit hole. Um, I saw the last time before Rizzo that a guy had pl- a left-handed Ooh. guy had played second base was uh, Don Mattingly played second base for like an wow. inning. I think it was in an extra inning game uh, because the manager, uh, whoever was the Yankees manager at the time, yeah. was like protesting the game because he thought some oh. he thought some call by the umpire was bullshit. <laughs> so he put like Mattingly at second base. <laughs> 
He was um, trying to make a farce out yeah, of it. Yeah, so he was like making a farce out of the game. Like, oh, I wow. wonder what glove Manningly like used. They, they, he couldn't have used his first baseman's mitt. So like, yeah. and he couldn't have used an outfielder's glove. So they would have like that is a mystery. But it did. It apparently, I guess it did happen. Wow. Um, Very cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, also, um, uh, your first guy, Grace. Um, you know, I said I was mesmerized by first baseman as a kid. Yeah. I loved first baseman's mitts. I used to have a Mark McGuire first baseman okay, when I was cool, a kid. That one cool. with the uh, like the it was like black, but it had a tan webbing in it. It looked really cool. Okay, yeah. Um, so I always, I actually, Grace was one of the guys I always paid attention to when I was a kid. Okay. Because uh, I, I thought it was weird that, because he was always a really good hitter and a really good fielder, but he didn't hit for a lot of power, right. which I thought was unique uh, for yeah. like an everyday first baseman. Sure, sure. Um, yeah. yeah, so he was actually always one of my one of my favorite players. I, I remember he used to have uh, an RC Cola commercial. Oh, like he yeah. used to do shit with RC Cola. Yeah, I remember that. Like me and my RC or yeah, some, some yeah, shit yeah. like that. For yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, those are, you know, uh, although you did say it, you said it was chalk. I mean, I think those are, are great options. Yeah. Um, because, you know, the, the Cubs actually had some viable major league players on their team, unlike the, you know, the Brewers of the 90s. So you got to, yeah, like, for me, sure. I, I feel like I had to dig a little deeper. Like, sure. Jeremy Burnitz would be, like, number four. But, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure. but those are, those are great choices. Yeah. Yeah. There were, like, some, like, obscure, like, relief pitchers, like Chuck McElroy or Les Lancaster mm-hmm. that I, Paul, Paul Ossenmacher, like, you know, but I would just be, you know, fooling myself. They, they weren't my favorites. They were they were fun guys to root for, but... Uh, sure. Yeah. Now, yeah, we, we also wanted to uh, do three guys from around the league that also uh, uh, captured our attention when we were kids. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, I'll, I'll get into my three right yeah. now. Uh, so oddly enough, you know, once again, we have three position players. I'm sort of like a Sparky Anderson. I guess I had no use for pitchers when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, my first guy was, uh, uh, well, we'll just go with him first is Ron Karkovice. Yeah, now I have Karko. no earthly idea why I liked Ron Karkovice so much. I yeah. think the, the White Sox were on TV a lot when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, and so I, I just, I loved the guy. I don't know why. I always actually really liked catchers too. Cause I played catcher a little bit yeah. when I, I was, uh, you know, when I was in Little League, and I feel like that's kind of... Oh, you played catcher in yeah, Little League? I did play. I love oh, playing sweet. catcher, too. You're involved in every play. It was really fun. Um, and you know, to you, man. That's cool. Yeah, and you know, when you're a, when you're a kid, you always sort of like the guys whose position you uh, you played as well. Yeah, for sure. So I, uh, I wanted to pull up a little interview here from Ron Karkovice. They asked Ron <laughs> Karkovice 10 questions. Okay. And I will literally... <laughs> I, I'm going to read the entire interview. Okay. Because I will literally be able to finish it in... <laughs> Two minutes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so let me just pull it up here. Yeah, get that going. Do you? Uh, while you're while you're pulling that up, I'll say like I give you credit for playing catcher. I played uh, catcher and shortstop were the only two positions I never played in uh, in little league. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's the catcher. I I had no earthly desire to do it. Because right. I was afraid to. So, right. Uh, yeah. yeah. Good for you. Um. So so here we go. All right. So they asked him ten questions. So. Uh, they actually, this interview was conducted over email, so these are his emailed responses. So the first question is, who was your best friend in baseball, or did you have a teammate that you enjoyed playing with most? He just answered, Alex Fernandez. Uh, he said, what was it like playing with Frank Thomas? It was great to watch him hit every day. Who was the toughest big league pitcher you ever faced, and what made it so tough? Dave Steib could not pick up the ball. Okay. Was that Dave Steeb? Dave, Dave Steeb. Dave Steeb? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, do you still follow the Sox or watch a lot of baseball? Who's your pick for the World Series this season? <clears throat> yes. Everybody thinks New York will win. I don't think so. <laughs> That's what analysis shows should be, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so 
do you have any good Carlton Fisk or Tom Seaver stories? Both former teammates of yours. No. <laughs> you played your whole career in the Windy City. What did you like most? <laughs> what did you like most about Chicago? The fans in the city. What was your favorite road city to play in? Cal. <laughs> would you vote for Roger Clemens to get in the Hall of Fame? I would have to think about that. <laughs> what are your interests other than baseball? Writing. Just baseball. <laughs> what is the thing you missed most about being a big leaguer? Well, my teammates. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, that's insane. And that's it had a sad ending. Ron Karkovice, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so, uh, a couple of my other favorites, and we'll just, uh, we won't linger on these guys too long. Sure, or, uh, sure. I liked, I liked Sean Green a lot when I was a kid. I saw him, uh, <laughs> hit, a, I saw him hit a home run in a road game. Uh, well, so he was, the Blue Jays were at the Brewers. Um, yeah. And so he hit a home run in that game. Kind of the thing I remember most about that game is my dad just went up to me, like, when I was sitting around the house. It was summer, because I tracked this game down on Baseball Reference. It was August 8th of 1995. Okay. It happened, but it was, so it was summer. I was just bored. My dad came up to me and he said, do you want to go to the game tonight? And, you know, I was like, yeah, okay, cool. And, you know, it was usually like going to the game was like a thing that was planned out. But yeah. I remember on that day, it just seemed like sort of an impromptu thing. He just asked me if I wanted to go. And I was like, yeah, sure, that's cool. Um, so I liked him. Uh, and I also liked Jim Tomey. Uh, I also saw yeah. him hit a home run in County Stadium. I remember I liked him because he wore his socks high. But also oh, yeah. he hit long home runs. So I liked Tomey uh, and Sean Green as well. Yeah, nice. Uh, Sean Green, the original uh, Hebrew hammer before uh, uh, Ryan Braun, probably. Yeah, yeah. He, you know, he actually had some really, uh, really good seasons with yeah. both the Blue Jays and the Dodgers. Um, he only, oddly enough, he only made one all-star team in his whole career yeah uh but he was a good player he would routinely hit 30 to 40 home runs and drive in over 100 runs he had a four homer game too didn't he yeah he did against the brewers in county stadium and not not in county stadium in miller park i think he had okay okay cool cool yeah and um uh tommy yeah i mean yeah tommy was a was a was was a cool guy um he started at third base, did he not? Yeah, so he's so when I saw him, so he that home run was hit uh, when he was with the Indians. Yeah, he started pl- at third base. I remember like thinking it was kind of cool when they moved him across the diamond to first. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, he he played uh, third, um, and you know that, that's why that's actually the reason I fell in love with those Indians teams of the uh, of the nineties was was Jim Tomey. Um, I, I feel like uh, I feel like Jim Tomey and Paul Sorrento like started out as like very similar type players and. Clearly, they deviated somewhere along the line. Yeah, there. I loved I loved Sorrento too. I remember he uh, he eventually ended up on the Mariners, um, and yeah. also the he also played on the Devil Rays for a little while. I think. Oh uh, yeah, okay. But, uh, yeah, I saw him play uh, in a doubleheader when the Mariners came to Milwaukee, and that was when uh, A. Rod and Griffey were also on that team. Oh, so wow. that was really cool. And yeah. Edgar Martinez. So that was a fun team to oh, watch. But cool. yeah, those uh, those those three guys were my favorites when I was a kid. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, Carco, uh, Carco. Yeah. What one more can you say about that? I wonder if he didn't have any good stories. Like he didn't have any stories, or he didn't have any good stories. Or or like he just didn't <laughs> give a shit about answering that email. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I I'm sure. I mean, I don't know. I think that. I could see Karkovice not liking Fisk because mm-hmm. he was always behind him. Like that's true. You know, it was like he couldn't wait for the son of a bitch to retire. Or something, yeah, and you know? Fisk was probably pretty close to being just washed up at the point that Karkovice in the late '80s, early '90s, when Karkovice was coming <clears throat> up. You know, Fisk probably didn't have too much left. 
Yeah, God, Fisk played for a long ass time. That's he probably did. it. Like he probably like played so long that Carco was like, "When is he finally going to retire?" Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, uh, before we move on to your guys, Jeremy. Jer- so Jeremy and I have uh, sort of talked about maybe one of the uh, podcast episodes would be about like us watching old games. Um, I think yeah. that one of the games we should watch, in addition to Game Seven of the '91 World Series, should be Game Six of the '75 World Series. Even yeah. though it wasn't a deciding game, that was the uh, Fisk home run game yeah. um that's considered one of the greatest games uh ever played so we should definitely try to check that one out too if we can yeah for sure i know a guy who uh didn't go to that game because he had to go see about a girl wow wow yeah. that... his name is robin williams <laughs> but, uh <laughs> good will hunt that's a good will hunting reference oh yeah that's right they uh so i i recently read uh, uh the machine by joe poznanski which uh talks about the 75 reds and yeah they mention how pat darcy uh, who gave up the home run to Fisk hates that movie because oh. I think Robin Williams. So I haven't seen Goodwill oh. Hunting in a long time, but <clears throat> yeah. uh, I think they Robin Williams mentions or one of the characters mentions that you can tell how nervous Pat Darcy is on the mound, oh. and I guess Darcy saw it and he hated it because he said he <laughs> he wasn't nervous because he had pitched two scoreless innings yeah. before that. He said he was tired. Yeah. Um. And so he was. I guess he was pissed off about that. Or he hated it. So. Uh, Art Howe also hates Moneyball. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, Philip Seymour Hoffman does not portray him uh, no, very well. No. No. Um. There might have been some weight discrepancies between the two as well. Right. But, uh, uh-huh. might, that might have been one of the reasons. But uh, yeah, baseball <laughs> players lighten up a little bit. Yeah. You know? Although I, well, I don't know. Um. But uh, yeah, you know, I was gonna say we should go one for one, but, yeah. but that Karkovice thing threw me. So. Uh huh. Anyway. Um. Okay. My three. Are um, <clears throat> um, okay. I'm a little guy. Like I'm not a little guy, but I'm short. I'm a short guy, and uh, you know, I never thought people would say like, you know, you're too small to play baseball or whatever. Um, and so uh, one of my guys on my top three that I was always a fan of, uh, not uh, David Eckstein, but uh, Brett Butler, not and not uh, Grace Under Fire is Brett Butler, the mm-hmm. uh, female comedian, but Brett Butler, the uh, center fielder for the. Uh, Giants and Dodgers, and uh, he came up with the Braves. Uh, he was a small guy. Um, let me pull up his stats really quick. Um, but uh, he was he was five ten, mm-hmm. so not not super short, but you know, a small guy compared to like Will Clark. I think he was on and Barry Bonds. Right. Uh, you know, he was a small guy, one hundred and sixty pounds. Um, but uh, yeah, like he was just like a scrappy player. Um, like I just liked him. Like I think he stole like a fair amount of st- uh, stolen bases. Um, yeah, he had a lot of, yeah, he stole a lot of bases, uh, 558. He averaged, uh, 41 stolen bases a year. That's pretty good. Yeah. And you know, you figure, um, with a guy's measurements like that, if they're listing him at five, (coughs) five, 10, 160, he's probably five, eight or five, nine, and he might be lighter than 160. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. He was a, he was a tiny guy, um, but a scrappy guy. And, uh, yeah, I always loved him. Great, great defense. Um, yeah, Brett Butler, uh, Mm -hmm. one of my faves. Um, another one, uh, was, uh, Cecil Fielder. Yeah. I loved the guy. I just loved him. Like, you know, you can always like now with Bartolo Colon, like, you know, Cecil Fielder was the original Bartolo Colon. And actually there was many more before that, uh, <laughs> Fernando Valenzuela uh-huh. and, and so on. But like Cecil Fielder was the original fat guy. Yeah. Um, I guess Babe Ruth is your original fat guy, but, <laughs> but, um, Cecil Fielder, like of my generation, he was, he was the big guy. Um, Dude, like, comes up uh, with, with Toronto, um, doesn't really do much, leaves and goes and plays in Japan, and then comes back, and he's hitting 51 homers. Yeah. Like, he was just an awesome dude. Um, they say they have him on baseball reference at 6'3", 230. Mm-hmm. There's no way he was 230. No, he's got to be heavier than that. I heard 250, and I still, at, at one point, so I was under the impression that he was 250. That 
I don't buy either. No. I think he was more than that. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I don't know. I just love the guy. Like, he was um, just a, a collaborator. Like, and he hit so, yeah, I mean... I remember when he had 51 homers in 1990, like, I just, like, I was, like, I didn't know people could hit that many. Like, it was, like, the coolest thing ever. Yeah, he <clears throat> he was the only player uh, in, in history to ever hit a home run over the bleachers at County Stadium, I believe. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, he hit one clear over the bleachers there. Okay. Uh, he and... hit the roof in uh, Tiger Stadium, too, I Oh, believe. wow. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, and so I think that clip of him hitting it over County Stadium, I think you can still find it on YouTube. I, I, th- I saw it on there a couple years ago, but it is a cool clip. I mean, he just, he gets all of it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, and then, uh, you know, it was cool to see Prince come up, too. Uh, I don't know too much about this, but, like, Prince and Cecil were estranged for a yeah, while. Yeah, so from what I heard, and, you know, this is not 100%, uh, but I, I had heard that, like, Cecil gambled away all of his signing bonus money, yeah, all yeah. of Prince's money. Um, I do think that they have maybe mended mended fences okay. um, since then, but yeah. uh, I, I'm not really sure. It was definitely pretty shady for a while. Yeah, yeah. Me and me and an old roommate, um, <clears throat> we used to we created we concocted this like scenario of like of Cecil Fielder like being late for the stadium, being late for the game, and like he had to bring Prince with him, and Prince is like sitting on the couch like eating like Cheetos and playing video games, and he's like. And Cecil Fielder's like running through the house frantically, like grabbing his mitt and his like and his like hat, and he's like, "Come on, Prince, we gotta go!" And like Prince is like, "Come on, no, I want to stay here." He's like, "No, we gotta go! Come on, we're late!" And he's like grabbing stuff, and he's like, he's like the dogs barking, and he's like dropping, he's knocking stuff off the shelves, and like Prince, is, he's like, "Come on, Prince, put on your jacket, we gotta go!" And like he drags him out of the front door, and like we just like picked, we like created this whole scenario, and like it just made us like laugh for hours or whatever. Yeah, but, I, I, <laughs> I think that they said that uh, Prince. Prince Prince used to take batting practice. Maybe it was in yeah. Tiger Stadium. Uh, yeah, there's footage to, of that. Really, that he used to hit home runs out of it. Yeah, I think that there. I I think there's. I think I remember seeing like a video of it. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. So that's that's pretty legit. Yeah, it's kind of cool when like you can see. You, yeah, those guys like end up. You know, you see them as little kids, and then they end up. Uh, you know, holding true on their promise, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, so my last one. Uh, you know, I don't. I feel like this is super obscure. Like that people wouldn't like like you know. So maybe some of our listeners will know him, but um. My, my, my favorite player uh, who wasn't a Cub is uh, Mark Langston, uh, pitcher for the uh, Seattle Mariners, um, Montreal Expos, and uh, the California Angels. He also ended up uh, with the um, Padres at one point in his career. But, uh, yeah, you know, I can't, really <clears throat> I can't really give a really good explanation on why I like Mark Langston so much. Like, I think he just – I think he I, – I thought he looked cool from his baseball cards. Like he had like, like long blonde hair and like he had, like, I, I always thought like players who had like long hair coming out of their hats were, were, were cool, but not in like the mullet, like Larry Walker kind of way. Like, I think like Mark Langston just had almost like, like rocker hair or something. And he just looked cool. And he was a lefty. Like I was always, I was always biased. You, you said you fixated on first baseman. I always fixated on lefties. Okay. I was a lefty. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Like he had the high leg kick. Uh, he struck out like a ton of players. Um, I just thought he was an awesome pitcher and he was like, he was, you know, considered like a top of the, a top of, uh, the league pitcher during most of his career. Um, but he was never just, um, you know, recognized as much as, you know, some of the other pitchers out there. Did he go from the Mariners to the Expos? He did for, yeah, for Randy Johnson, Randy right? Johnson. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, he was involved in the Randy Johnson trade and yeah, he like, he was a California guy. He's from San Diego. So he ended up, uh, you know, doing that thing where he goes out, uh, and plays, uh, you know, he probably wanted to be in California uh, for his career, so he ended up back out there, and then he played a year for uh, 
the Padres. Um, but I remember I was heartbroken when he came to the to the uh, National League because he wasn't. Um, it looks like his numbers were good here, but I think he kind of he he stumbled a little bit. Um, and, uh, it was looking like maybe like a bad trade or whatever, but, uh, and I wanted to see him against the Cubs and I don't think I, I don't think it ever lined up where I got to see him in person, but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he was one of my favorites. Uh, Barry Zito would maybe be my number four because sure. for the same reasons he had cool hair mm-hmm. and he was a lefty. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, you, you kind of put those like, they were like genera- generationally, uh, you know, similar players, but, uh, um, but yeah, Langston was a was the coolest. I I remember I wrote I used to do the through the mail baseball cards thing and like I would like send cards uh, and so I sent some to Langston and Langston like sent me back like I sent I sent him like two different things and I, I got two cards back from him and he included like a little photo himself that was signed wow. too. So it was really cool. It like blew my mind that like my favorite player like wrote me back and uh, signed an autograph. It was pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. So uh, those are our lists. Yeah. And definitely, yeah, people listening out there, send us your, you know, your favorite lists. Uh, you know, I, I think we might have a, a good amount of Cubs fans who listen, but, uh, you know, I'm interested to hear, like, you know, people um, who their favorites were growing up. Yeah, there's nothing like hearing the name of a baseball player you uh, you had forgotten. And yeah. And it suddenly pops in your mind. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, we, uh, that's probably going to wrap things up here yeah, for this week's episode. That'll do in, like, uh, yeah, a mini episode just for this week. So, um, next week, um, the plans are to go uh, catch a game uh, at the guaranteed rate um, with the White Sox uh, taking on the Twins. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep, I believe the White Sox have uh, lost seven in a row as of today. Well, I'm not sure uh, what the outcome was of their game today. Let's, let's hope they can keep it up. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, it'll be it'll be uh, interesting. Um, one of these days, we're going to get to see uh, Eloy Jimenez. Yeah, yeah, so we should definitely try to uh, see his debut in Chicago. I yeah. don't know if he'll debut on the road, but that's one, uh, you know, listeners, we will try to make it to his first game in Chicago yeah. if we possibly can. Yeah, I don't think he'll be up by then but because uh, I think he's going to AAA, but uh, at some point I, I, I predict he will be up with the ball club. But, um, yeah, so we're going to do that. I'm heading into, like, a busy season at, at my uh, work, so, um, you know, we're going <clears> to <throat> – we might not be able to do as many traveling games, so we, you might hear some uh, Cubs white. White Sox, uh, you know, a healthy dosage of those for the for for the immediate future. But um, there's always something going on at the on the south side. So we'll we'll have some stories for you for those games. All right. Well, until then, uh, thank you for listening, and we'll see you when we see you. All right. Rain Delay Pod on Instagram and Twitter, and uh, Rain Delay Pod at gmail.com. We'll see you. Bye bye.